Oh, if you're a visitor to New Hope, welcome. And I hope you feel the blessing of our fellowship. If you are with us and worship with us on a regular basis, thank you. And I'd like to welcome the online community, the ones watching now and the ones that will be watching later. And I encourage all of you to rewatch the sermons throughout the week and go back to other sermons from Pastor. You get so much more out of them, rewatching them. It's surprising how much you miss when you're in, in the presence of, of the Word. So it, it, it definitely helps me when I go back and listen to them. And you can, you can see them on the New Hope Talmadge page or the New Hope YouTube page. So today, I'm deeply humbled to deliver the message that the Lord has put on my heart. For those of you that do not know me, my name is Jerry Wilson. I'm a traveling evangelist here for one day and one day only. <laughs> for this revival service, so if you always wanted to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior at a revival service, receive deliverance and healing at a revival service, in the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. today is your lucky day. Okay, not all that is true. I'm not really a traveling evangelist. I'm one of the deacons here at New Hope. But <laughs> if you do want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and be freed through deliverance and healing at a revival service of a message delivered by a traveling evangelist, today is your lucky day. And it is my pleasure to be a servant for our Lord Jesus. Please, please bow your heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, gracious Lord, we enter your presence today to hear your word, to hear your message, and I ask that you open the minds of everyone here. And Lord, we ask that your ministering angels come down to help us and that your warrior angels are here to protect us. Lord, we bind Satan in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, be with us, be with all of us through this message. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, today's message has 144 scripture verses. So be ready to turn pages. <laughs> Not all that is true either. But there will be scriptures from the Bible. And do you know the scriptures that I'll be reading this morning? The ones in the Bible are the truth and are God's living word. In Matthew 24, verse 35 Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words by no means will pass away. Amen? The title of today's message is Unforgiveness and Forgiveness. The curse 
of unforgiveness and the blessing of forgiveness. I'm going to explain unforgiveness and forgiveness in a very simple and understandable way. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness represents the bitter fruits of sin. And our sins can hide and be pleasing to a sinful flesh. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10 to 12, And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusions, that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Just in case you missed it, because the bitter fruits of sin are a little more difficult to see. And the devil likes it that way. The bitter fruits of sin, unrighteous deception, perish, refusing truth, delusion, false belief, condemnation, and unrighteous pleasure. Unforgiveness is of the devil. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, it is difficult to receive deliverance and healing. Forgiveness. Forgiveness represents the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22-23. But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Against such there is no law. The fruits of the Spirit are easy to see. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Forgiveness is of God. Today's message is going to be mainly from Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 35. So turn your Bibles, Matthew 18, starting with verse 21. Today I'm going to try and avoid scripture gymnastics, having to turn back and forth pages in your Bible. I'm not saying I'm not going to do that, because I wrote this note before I, re- before I wrote the rest of the, the sermon. And I just left it in there, just in case. But I will mainly be in Matthew 18, 21 to 35. The parable of the unforgiving servant. We must remember, this is a parable. There is hidden but obvious messages in this parable. Verse 21. Then Peter came to him, said, Lord... How often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. 
Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant, therefore, fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went and found another one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he called him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you that debt because you begged me. You should not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. We're going to break this down. The parable of the unforgiving servant. Key points. We are forgiven much. We need to forgive or we will suffer in unforgiveness. Go back to verse 21. Then Peter came to him. Who's him? That's Jesus. And said, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother? How often shall my brother sin against me? We need to get this straight. Peter is talking about a brother a believer in Christ, a follower of Jesus. This represents church hurt. Christians say there's nothing like church hurt. Nothing worse than Christians hurting, ch- Christians, hurting Christians. The world and Christians put Christians on a pedestal and think they should be perfect. We are all sinners. And come short of the glory of God. And Christ came for the sinners and not the righteous. We must remember, we need to respond to a brother or sister in Christ with the fruits of the Spirit which are of God. But if we choose to respond with the bitter fruits of sin, that is of the devil. Back to verse 21. How often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? 
Can you sense the righteousness of Peter in this scripture? How often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. The righteousness of our flesh comes out when we make the situation of hurt about us. When something bad happens, our first thought should be the spiritual attack. We should know our battle is not of the flesh. Ephesians 6.12 explains that we are in a spiritual battle. Ephesians 6.12 For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And those of us in the, in the men's class, we went over those heavenly places. So it's the spiritual realm is where the war is. So when you feel it is sin against you, or your brother or sister in Christ is coming against you, change your view of the source of the attack. When you view the attack as from evil spirits, you get a different perception of what is happening. When something is going in the direction you think, when something is not going in the direction that you think it should go, are you on the receiving end of something unpleasant? We need to remember when conflict is happening, we need to respond to God and not react to the person. What does that mean? Go to your Heavenly Father in prayer. Read Scripture for guidance. Do not lash out, the per- lash out at the person. Think about this. Do you know it, it, isn't, it, isn't, it is not always that person that is doing you wrong? It can be your perception of what that person is doing. I'm not saying that your brother or sister is evil. I'm saying if you feel you're under attack, it is of the devil. And it is the bitter fruits of the Spirit. And the bitter fruits of the Spirit are demonstrated if you react poorly. And we must also remember, sometimes we do need chastisement. And it will not be attacked, but it will be backed by Scripture and by the Word of God. Here's the situation. Take me, for example. I have love in my heart, but ask Ron Sterner. I can come across with confidence and conviction. And when I'm making a point, sometimes it can be painful. It doesn't mean I'm always right, but if I hurt you, we need, to have a, we need to have a conversation and forgive. If you don't forgive, the unforgiving person will carry that burden, that bondage, and make a place for the devil. Verse 22. Jesus said to him, I do not say up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. 70 times seven? Seventy times seven. 
That is, not, that is 490 times. How am, I going to keep, how am I going to keep track of that? There's an, there's an app for that? Is that what I heard? <laughs> no. We are not to keep score. What Jesus is saying is we are to forgive our brother, our sister, an unsurmountable number of times. Verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Did you catch that? The kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven is like Jesus, the King of Kings, selling the trespasses of our sins, of mankind, you and me, the servants of God. When we enter the kingdom of God, we will settle our accounts with God. What? That's crazy talk. Settle my account? Yes, your account. How did you... Conduct your life after you accepted the calling to follow Jesus. Verse 24. And when he, the king, had begun to settle accounts, we will settle our accounts. Point number one. We are forgiven much. Back to verse 24. One was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents. What is that? It is an unsurmountable amount of money. When I attempted to find the value of 10,000 talents in today's dollar, I found it to be 40 million to a billion dollars. I'll cut that 40 million to 20 million. If you make $20 an hour, that's $160 a day. You will work for 342 years before you can pay that money back. And that is with no days off, no sick days, no personal days. The point is, you will never pay the debt back. You do not have the ability to pay that debt back. Verse 25. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. He and his wife and his children were going to be sold because he could not redeem his, redeem his account. We can't redeem our account. No matter how much money we have or what we have to offer, we can't buy our salvation. Jesus paid the price for our salvation. Amen. We have to repent, ask for forgiveness, be born again and follow Jesus to have everlasting life. Because Jesus isn't a way to everlasting life. He is the only way. John 14, verse 6 to 7. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. 
just to make a point there, in verse 7, Jesus proclaimed he was God. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Verse 26. The servant therefore fell before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. There's no way he could pay it back. The same as us. We can't pay for our salvation. Verse 27. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him of the debt. The servant that had an unsurmountable amount of debt, an unredeemable debt, when he fell before the king, the king was moved by great compassion that he released him and forgave his debt, the debt that he could never pay. Does that sound familiar? We had a debt from sin that we could not repay. And the compassion of Christ bore our sins. All we must do is believe, repent, ask for forgiveness, and follow Christ. But Jesus is not a way to salvation. He is the only way to salvation, to everlasting life. I heard that one before. Amen? Amen. The debt was paid. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Verse 28. But that servant, the servant that was just forgiven an insurmountable debt, a debt that could never be repaid, went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Let's put a value on a hundred denarii. For point number two, we need to forgive. The value of a hundred denarii, we'll call it $160. The fellow servant had a debt of a day's wage. No big deal. Work a day, pay the debt back. But what happens? The man that was forgiven a debt that he could not repay. Verse 28. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. Where is his compassion? The man given relief of debt that was going to enslave his family forever took his Fellow servant by the throat. Do you see the comparison? Our salvation is a debt we can never pay for. A debt for our salvation was unsurmountable. The forgiveness was unsurmountable. So why is it difficult for us to forgive our brother or sister? When we have been forgiven an unsurmountable amount, We have been forgiven much. We should be able to forgive a little. Verse 29. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. 
he fell at his feet. He begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. He said and did the very same thing that the servant that was forgiven an unsurmountable amount did. And what he said to the king, the exact same thing. Verse 30. And he would not. The man that was forgiven the large amount that he could never repay would not forgive the small amount. And the rest of verse 30. But went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. We could all be held down, but we as followers of Jesus, we have everlasting life. We need to show forgiveness. Verse 31. <clears throat> so when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. People talk. Church people talk. And it sounds like this. Can you believe Jesus died on the cross for our sins and this brother of ours or this sister of ours will not forgive his brother for a little church hurt? Okay, that's not how it goes, is it? Our conversations are a little different than that. But do you see the pettiness in this? As time goes by, you might even forget exactly what happened. You may even add to the story. Make it sound worse and make yourself sound better. Make it worse than it really was. But do you know something? You know it was something. And you are going to carry that burden. Do you know what unforgiveness causes? Rottenness of bones. Proverbs 14.30 A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to bones. Wait a second. You just said envy, right? I just said envy. That's not what I have. I have unforgiveness, not envy. So let's look at the words that describe envy. Jealousy, greed, bitterness, resentment, spite, desire, covet, resent, grudge. That sounds a lot like unforgiveness to me. Think of this for a minute. What does rottenness of bones mean to you? What do doctors call rottenness of bones? This is convicting but true. It is what the Bible says. It is the word of God. And just a side note, with the forgiveness, we also need to forgive ourselves. It is very important, part of the forgiveness. You can't carry that burden with you either. Verse 32, Then his master, 
after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. The fellow servant did the same thing as the unforgiving servant, but his debt, the one that was a day's wage, not 342 years worth of debt. Verse 33. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? His master spoke the truth. Just as we are forgiven much, we need to forgive. Point number three. We will suffer in unforgiveness. Verse 34. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Do you know what this parable is referring to? The torturers, the imitators, intimidators, the bullies, harassers, tormentors, persecutors, oppressors. This is the evil influence you open yourself up to when you will not forgive and you carry that burden around with you. Your unforgiveness does not put the ones or the many you will not forgive in bondage. It puts you in bondage. And opens the door to the devil, to impure spirits, to influence you, torture you, oppress you, demonize you, and put you in bondage of unforgiveness. Verse 35. So my heavenly Father also will do to you to each of you, from his heart, does not forgive his brother his trespasses. If you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. That's powerful. Do you still want to live in unforgiveness? Knowing that Jehovah God will do the same to you? It's not saying you will lose your salvation, but the interpretation does not sound like it will be a pleasant interaction with the Heavenly Father. I think it will be a bit more unpleasant than being called to the principal's office, your boss's office, the pastor's office, (laughs) or to the kitchen with your spouse. Having unforgiveness in your heart opens the door to the devil, to impure spirits, to influence you, to torture you, to oppress you, to demonize you. And you may not receive the blessings and the miracles of deliverance and healing if you do not forgive others. You will stay in the bondage of unforgiveness in the presence of the tormentors. Verse 35 is extremely direct as it refers to the tormentors. But are you thinking that this is just a parable? It doesn't really have that meaning. It's all right not to forgive your brother and sister. In Matthew 6, 14 to 15, for if you forgive Mend their trespasses. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's pretty direct. That's not a parable there. For if you give men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. What about Mark 11, 25 to 26? And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Unforgiveness and forgiveness is a big deal and real. The parable of the unforgiving servant is a lesson for us all. We are forgiven much. We need to forgive or we will suffer in unforgiveness. Back to verse 21. When Peter came to him and said, Lord... How often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? And Jesus said, I did not say up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle his accounts with his servants. Verse 35. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Jesus paid the debt we couldn't pay. We must forgive to avoid the consequences of verse 35. Because we are forgiven much. We need to forgive a little. In verse 35 again, So my heavenly Father... Also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Amen. In closing, I need six volunteers to come forward. Don't be scared. I have a job for you. Jake's mic live. There we go. My name's Jerry Wilson. What's your name? Steve. Steve. Welcome. Glad to have you here. I'm a traveling evangelist. I'm here for one day, one day only, for this revival service. So if you always wanted to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and be freed through deliverance and healing at a revival service, in the mighty name of Jesus, 
Today is your lucky day. Today is your lucky day. So we're going to do a little exercise. Take these cards. So on these cards, unforgiveness on the left and forgiveness on the right. You gentlemen will pass these cards out to everybody. Up in the sound booth. And then if someone could go out to the to the foyer also. I know I'm joking about being a traveling evangelist, but the message is true. As the volunteers are passing out this card, the cards to everybody, examine yourself. Do you have unforgiveness in your heart? I also joke about to be in a revival service. But how many in this room have prayed for a revival service? Have we prayed for a revival? When it comes here, will we accept it? Will we turn our backs on it? Because revival is messy. Salvation can be messy. Deliverance can be messy. And the same with healing. It goes against the spirit of religion. We must overcome that spirit of religion. Does everyone have a card? Hold your card in the air. Now bring that card down in front of you. Hold it in both hands. And look at that card. Unforgiveness on the left. Forgiveness on the right. Now take that card. And rip it in half. Keep the unforgiveness in your left hand and the forgiveness in your right. Take the half that you're going to live with. Put it in your pocket, your purse, your Bible. Take the other half of the card, the one you're not going to live with, fold it in half. part of the card you're not going to live with, the part you're not going to leave in your heart, you could give that to our volunteers if they could collect that half the card that you're not going to keep.
I'm going to tally these cards up at the end. <laughs> Just to see how I did. <laughs> I guess I don't want to see any of these. Everyone should walk in forgiveness. I forgot to get a bowl. You can just lay them right here. So this was a simple demonstration of choosing how you're going to walk in your Christian life. How you're going to follow Jesus. What you're going to allow in your heart. And like I said, I am going to tally these up to see if this has had an impact on your lives. As the praise team comes forward, the altar is going to be open. You need to forgive those who you need to forgive. When you come to the altar, someone will help you with your prayers of forgiveness. If you want deliverance and healing, we will pray with you. But remember, I'm a traveling evangelist here for one day and one day only for this revival service. So if you always wanted to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, be free through deliverance and healing at a revival service in the mighty name of Jesus. Today is your lucky day. Yes, today is your lucky day. Come to the altar for all your needs. Right there in your chair, forgive the ones you need to forgive. But when you do move from your seat and come to the altar, it is a physical demonstration, a manifestation of your faith. It demonstrates the commitment you are making and helps encourage you and makes it feel real. Forgive everyone you need to forgive. And remember, do not forget about yourself. You also need to forgive yourself. Do not carry any bondage. Forgive others and yourself. Free yourself from all bondage and unforgiveness. You must forgive to walk in total freedom. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for allowing us to walk into your glory. Thank you for this message of forgiveness. Thank you for your light and for your Holy Spirit, Lord. Be with all of us in this room. Speak to our hearts. Let us walk in total freedom. Be with the worship team and everyone singing, Lord, because we are not singing, Lord. We are praising you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.